Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in to By the Word of Their Testimony. By the Word of Their Testimony is not scripted. And quite often when I hear the testimony of people as a given account of how God has worked in and through their lives, it is the first time, just like you, dear listener, that I hear their testimony presented. Now, it's my privilege today to welcome into our studios Carl and Elizabeth Sarah. Now, Carl and Elizabeth, you are no strangers to 3ABN. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, So what do you guys do for a living? What keeps you busy during the day? Well, I have the privilege of being receptionist here at 3AB in Australia. Okay, fantastic. Oh, and Some and people call that the director of first impressions. That's right. <laughs> that is correct. Yes, and you do a fine job, Elizabeth. So how long have you guys been working for 3AB in Australia? We started end of 2013. End of 2013. So, okay, so four plus, give or take, four years or so. Great. Now, I'd love to hear how you guys actually ended up here at 3ABN, but I don't know if we'll have time for that today. Yes, that's, um, we, we believe God had his hand in that, and we're grateful to be here. Okay, wonderful. And it's lovely to have you here and lovely to work with you. Now, Carl, what do you do? Well, I work with you. <laughs> <laughs> and let me say, it is my privilege to be working with you. <laughs> uh, usually... Not on this side of the microphone. I'm usually editing the radio programs and mm. scheduling and sometimes helping to record, sometimes talking with you about things and working together on That's right. programs. You're able to uh, you know, fix up all our little mistakes, our hiccups, our tongue clicks, and all those bits and pieces in the editing process to make us shine, uh, sound all shiny and new. So it's a little bit like the gospel. You know, The Lord is also able to cleanse us from all our sins and all our unrighteousness. Now, although this is not sin and unrighteousness, but you're able to take out all faults and defects and communication and your know, ums and ahs out of the uh, recording and to present it more professional. So we appreciate that very much, and thank you for making us sound so good at times on 3AB in Australia Radio. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, perhaps we can now step back. Who's going to go first and tell us about their life and where they started life? Ladies first. Okay, so Carl has done the gentlemanly thing, and he's handed it over to his wife, Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth, tell us where you're from and where you were born. I grew up in central New South Wales. Okay. Um, a remote area between Trangy, Narromine, and Tottenham. Um, on the farm life, and that's a beautiful way to grow up as a child. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. I actually didn't even know there was a Tottenham out that way. I always think of Tottenham as in, as in England, but um, yeah, wow. My wife's family actually comes from that part of the world as well, Narrow Mine, and uh, her grandfather had a big farm there for many, many years, and some of our uncles and aunts are still farmers out that way. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Okay, so you grew up on a farm, and what were your influences like on the farm there? Were you brought up with a Christian family, or what? I was blessed to be born into a home where my parents loved God, believed in God, and had their own experiences of God. Mm. And so that shaped my life right from the very beginning. I was very fortunate because of my parents' spirituality. We had family worship morning and evening. Mm. And I was um, given a Bible when I was young, and I was encouraged to read it every day for myself. I was taught to pray, and for these things I am most grateful. Mm, Wow, okay, so from an early childhood, you had these influences, and you had uh, good godly parents who modeled that kind of behavior as well for you, I, I assume? Yes. Wow, okay, fantastic. And Kyle, just uh, coming to you for a, for a moment, uh, what was your upbringing like? Well, well tell us um, where you were born first, because obviously we, everybody wants to know why you have a funny accent. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was actually originally from America. I, I grew up in New York State. I was born in Kansas, but my parents moved to New York before I was one years old. Okay. And um, I guess you could say my parents believed in God. But that was kind of about it. You know, there was no prayer in the home, no worship, no reading the Bible. I don't recall ever seeing a Bible in the house. Okay. Uh, But my mother was brought up a Lutheran. Hmm. Uh, My dad had a little bit of time in the Catholic Church, but then he had enough of that. So, yeah, growing up, there was no really religious influences at all. Except for a short time period, my mother wanted me to go to a Lutheran Sunday school. She dropped me off there and then picked me up when I was finished. Okay. And I did that for, I don't know, a little bit. Mm. And then I asked her if I could not go anymore because I didn't like it. Okay. And she's right. Yeah, so I stopped going, and that was the end of that. Mm. So so that's quite different upbringings for both of you. And somehow the Lord brought you together at some stage. Well, I'd like to hear how that, that that all happens. But coming back to you, Elizabeth, so you, you had that upbringing. And uh, did you go to a Christian school as well, or did you go to a secular school, or was it homeschooling? How did that all work for you? I did a bit of all of that. Oh, really? Yes, homeschooling, uh, Christian school, and also public school. Okay. And what were the influences like um, at school for you? I can't say that there was really... Well, the public school didn't affect me. I I was raised a Christian and I just believed the beliefs that I had. Mm. I'm sure the Christian school had impact on me. Mm. You know, just teaching the Bible stories, I can't think of anything specific, but yes. I'm sure that it must have been um, influential in my life. Okay, so nothing that stands out because, I mean, you were having a, a walk with the Lord anyway. Was there any time during your life experiences any secular influences that, you know, that or temptations? that may have said, oh, they, they might have, um, you know, distracted you at all? Or was it pretty much uh, your, your parents made sure that you had just good, wholesome influences within your, your life? I guess later on in life, there was, um, during my school years, there were temptations. Mm. But because of foundation in the Bible, mm. when those temptations came, it was clear this is not the path to go. Mm. And I'm just 
grateful for the Bible and the foundation because I think when it's a blessing to have that as a child because then when you do face temptations, many times an answer is already there, a direction is already there, and maybe a decision. For me, it was a decision. I'd already made decisions on these temptations. And so when these were posed to me, they were just like, I've already decided in my head, not this way. Fantastic. It reminds me of that text in the Bible where it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So you were just talking now about the importance of you know, having the word of God to be a lamp to your feet, a light to your mm-hmm. path. And when those temptations came, you know, no, that would be the wrong path to go down. I'll stick with the tried and true and what the Bible says is mm-hmm. the right way to follow Christ. Wonderful. Oh, thank you for that. So... Um, when does your life start taking a, a, a turn? I mean, obviously, we're all born with a fallen human nature. There's obviously inclinations that we're born with or hereditary tendencies and some things we cultivate. When would you say in your life was the first time that you really uh, encountered God or decided that you would follow him? Because obviously, you've had all these positive influences all the way through. Was it a a a decision as simple as that at one point you had to make that decision or was it just something that the current of your life just took you along in the right direction I think from my early years there was everything was building on that to follow God because of many things and situations mm. um, I know later after I finished school I had I then once again was working through things mm. I don't know if you're interested in hearing any of the stories from younger that helped yes. influence yes, of course. yeah um, I have I remember significant stories of um, how God's cared for me and my family mm. and also answered prayer. Uh, one of the stories is of God's care is from when I was about three years of age. And as I mentioned, I was central New South Wales on a farm and we were traveling from my grandma's place to home. And so between the paddocks, you have gates mm. and they have a latch with, you know, the, where it goes over to clasp it. And the farmers have gates to stop the sheep or the cows going through into the next paddock. Mm. Mum was driving, my older brother was in the front seat. I was standing up behind before seatbelt days that you needed to wear them. Mum was flying along. Um, she had a bit of a reputation. And um, we were coming up to the gate. She starts braking. And it's, there's no brake. She's pumped the brakes. Mm. There was no brake. There was no time to do anything, really. And all she, we did is she just hit the gate straight on. And it flung open, and there was only like a 10, 15 centimetre scratch on the side of the vehicle. And we just felt that God had worked a miracle there Mm. because why did the gate fly open? There was nothing damaged on the gate, the latch or anything. Nothing was broken. It was as if someone had unlatched it and it flown open when the vehicle hit. Wow. So, so no, no real damage to the car or the vehicle except for a 15-centimetre scratch, scratch on the side. side of the car. Which is a, a quite incredible because I was standing up in the back seat and I could imagine that it, it could have been quite nasty. Sure. And also the vehicle we were driving actually wasn't our vehicle. It was a borrowed vehicle. So, ah. we, you know, I just see God's hand over that that situation. I, I can imagine that when you guys stopped the vehicle and or got it to stop finally and got out of the car, you were expecting to see a fair bit of damage on the gate and also on the car, and just to see nothing except for a small scratch is incredible. 
Yes. And and why did the gate open? Mm. Why wasn't it broken? Yeah, you why didn't the latch not break or rip something out? Or yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. So this you remember as a three-year-old. So that would have been quite a dramatic experience for you. And obviously that's why you can remember it. Um, but this yeah. just... Uh, solidified in your mind that there's a God who loves and cares for you guys. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mum, mum used to remind me that I said, "Mummy, why did you do that for?" Because <laughs> I didn't understand. I was just a little kid. Yeah, sure. You thought your mum was just having a, you know, a demolition derby day and <laughs> decided to ram the gate. Oh, yeah, kids, kids would wonder what was going on. Okay, well, that's a that's a, a great story. And early in your life, mm. you started, you know, being able to see how God was looking after you and your family. Mm. Would you like another story? Of course. We, we love stories. This time, mum hadn't been very well, and so we'd been staying with my grandma in Sydney, Warunga, and my brother was attending the primary school there. Mm. And so anyway, mum and I were walking to school to take uh, lunch to him. And uh, we were there uh, beside the road. We checked to see that it was clear. And with my hand in mum's hand, we headed across the street but halfway across, I dropped the apple I was carrying. And without even thinking, I just released my hand quickly from mum's and turned around and raced back to get the apple. Mm. I ran in front of a car. Oh. And mum turned around to hear and see the, you know, the brakes squealing and that. But I wasn't hit. But we were all shook up, particularly sure. mum and the lady driver as well. And uh, mum said to me, you know, God's angels watched over you. You know, the, you know the Bible verse in Psalm 34, mm. verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And I was just like, oh, thank you, God, for caring for me. I hadn't even realized what I was doing. Yes, see, of course. You were only, what, four or five years old mm. when this happened. Wow, okay. So that's another story that actually encouraged you in your walk with God, knowing that God is faithful and that he was protecting you. And that's simply because of you guys dedicating yourselves to him morning and evening, Mm -hmm. you know, and they just God is is faithful. He said he would do that, and we've got to pray and ask him to look after us. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. No doubt you probably have a few more stories you can share with us. And then we'll have to go to Carl for a second and just hear hear from Carl. But these are early, early day stories. And as a Christian, obviously, you've got some stories to share. Carl's stories will probably come a little bit later, seeing you had more of a secular upbringing than you did, Elizabeth. Mm. So, uh, yes, what else can you tell us about your life, early early childhood life? Okay, well, this is at the same home Mm -hmm. out there in the country. And the nearest neighbor was a few kilometers away. And... um, Mum wasn't very well at this time, and um, we, we didn't have a telephone either. It was before the, we had a phone. Dad had the car, um, mm. and so we didn't have a car at home because Dad was using it for the farm work. Yes. And this particular day, old Mrs. Fraser had felt impressed that she should come out and help Mum. Mm. You know, and that was such a sweet thing of for her to do. She, it's like a 40-minute drive from Tottenham, and she came out. And um, anyway, my brother and I, uh, my older brother and I, we were used to doing gardening with mum. And so we went outside to do some gardening. I don't remember exact ages. Mm. And we were out there and my brother's got the fork and he's digging the ground. And next thing you know, oh, this is not a very nice thing. But the fork prong went through his foot. Oh. And he said, 
go inside and get, tell mum. Mm. So I did. He was pinned to the ground. Mm. So mum came out and she brought the wheelbarrow and um, she had him sit down in that and um, brought him back under the shade because it was quite a hot day. Mm. And um, anyway, she cleaned off. She Fortunately, she's a nurse and... Okay, that would have helped, yeah. yeah. So she cleaned that off and I went inside as she removed it from the foot. Oh, so you pulled it out of his foot. Oh, mm. what that you would gonna, have been very painful. What, what can you do? What are you going to do? You're up yeah. there, got no phone and... Um, Is your brother older than you or younger? Yes, than he's you? older, okay. two years. And um, so then it was because this lady was here, we were able then to go... Into the hospital and for that to be taken care of, mm. and that was such a blessing because I can't remember the exact time—early afternoon, mid-afternoon. Dad wouldn't have been home till the evening. Yeah. There was, would have been no way of notifying mm. him. And this lady, we, we really had visitors. And this day, this lady had felt impressed to come. Mm. We did not believe that that was coincidence. And uh, we believe that God had impressed her to come. Wow, that's remarkable. Yes. And, you know, it was very good also because the fork missed the blood vessels and the bones and it healed without any problems within a few months. So that was beautiful. Mm, that is wonderful. That reminds me of that text there in Isaiah, I think it's 65 verse 24. Have you got, oh, you've got yeah. that text as well. <laughs> if you have it, no, then no, you No, no, listen, you, you, you please read it to us. You, you thought of the same text? Yes, I've got it here. Okay. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. We mm. didn't know that we needed help, but no. God sent the help that we needed. Before you needed it, he provided for this lady to come and visit you so that mm. you had transportation to take your brother to the hospital. Isn't that mm. wonderful? Yes. Preparation before the crisis, and you didn't even know a crisis was coming. Mm. Well, praise God for that. That's wonderful. So, Kyle, um, while Elizabeth is having these uh, adventures in her life on the farm out Narromine Way, <laughs> what are you doing in America? Oh, quite a different background because yeah. I... Growing up, I had things like cigarettes, alcohol, marijuana around me. Oh. Well, my parents kind of lived for the weekends, and mm. they looked forward where they could party with their friends, and they would have all this stuff you know, in front of me. Wow. So how many siblings? Do you have brothers and sisters? No, I don't. Oh, you're the only child? Yeah. Okay. And then there was a, uh, when I was a little bit older, there was a 12-year-old girl who would visit the house across the street from us mm. because that's where her grandparents were. And I became friends with her. Yeah. And she was into a little bit of alcohol, some marijuana, some cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know how and she marijuana. got it. I don't know how she got it, but she got it. So I was trying all these things with her. And you were about 12 as well? Yeah. Wow. And uh, I didn't really like the, the alcohol, the cigarettes, marijuana, well... That was a little better than the others, but okay. I was really more interested in playing sports with my friends in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But I did have this influence with this girl. And then probably about a year later, uh, my parents got divorced. Oh, uh, My dad had some alcohol problems, 
and that played a part in breaking up the marriage. Mm. Um, then, so my dad left, and I stayed with my mother and another girlfriend of hers. And then I, I could see God's hand in this, that we moved uh, way up north in New York, almost to Canada. Okay. And we moved in with my aunt and uncle. So this is the state of New York? Yeah. And I, like looking back, I think God had his hand in that move because it, one thing I hated was changing schools and making new friends. Mm. But I see that it got me away from this girl. Okay. Uh, because later we found out, you know, her life was kind of spiraling downwards with the alcohol, right. the so marijuana. That was a step downwards for her, and she never basically recovered from that? Or did she recover later in life? Are you aware well, what happened to her? Or I don't know mm. now, but then looking back, I know things got worse. Oh. And she was even fooling around with guys in her grandparents' house, and her grandparents were kind of old. They didn't know what was going on. So, yeah. Wow. It was just see God's hand in moving out of that And situation. taking you away from those those influences. Yeah, and then, you know, with my aunt and uncle, you know, I, I worked with my uncle. He is a builder. Mm. So I worked with him after school. So it was kind of like having a father figure again and learning some practical things about renovating and painting and plastering and roofing. And we, we built a few log cabins with him. Okay, nice. I, I just learned good work ethics because he was a hardworking German. Uh, okay. He did everything the old-fashioned way. Is that right? Very hard labor. Um but I still had some of the bad influences of the alcohol, marijuana, cigarettes, because you know, they would they would all do that mm. on the weekends. And then we formed a family band. Uh, I played the drums. Okay, you're a drummer. My aunt was a guitarist and lead singer. My mother played the keyboard and helped sing. And their girlfriend, uh, the one that moved in with my mother, she played the bass guitar and helped sing. And so we'd often have parties at my aunt and uncle's house. They had a, a big room, and we'd be playing rock music from the 50s and 60s and 70s, having mm. the marijuana, alcohol, cigarettes around. Right. Um, so from a secular perspective, people would consider that as really living. So yeah. you guys were into all the party scene uh, a lot of weekends, I guess. Yes, and another good thing... Uh, I was under 18, mm. which I can see God's hand in, because if I was 18, we would have been playing in some of the, the bars and nightclubs around. Okay. See, that, my aunt and my dad, they actually played in a, in a band in New York City when they were younger, so they're kind of familiar with that whole scene. Mm. So you had a bit of a musical upbringing in that regard, but all secular. Yeah, definitely secular. Mm. Now, Elizabeth, you're a bit, a little bit of a musician as well, aren't you? I do enjoy music, and I like to play. Okay, so what do you play? Piano, and I have been doing the playing the organ a little bit at church as well. Okay, great. So was it music that brought you guys together, or was it something else? Uh, something else. Something else, okay. But maybe we've got to step back a little bit. I don't know if, Elizabeth, you had some more stories to share of your of your upbringing or... Of your life? Well, uh, yes, I've got more stories. Um, I could tell you a story of answered prayer because the other ones were more of God's care. Okay, sure. 
I was about seven years of age, I think, and my brother nine, something like that, and had a younger brother. And this, once again, out central New South Wales, you know, everything's distant, the roads were dirt. This is years back. Mm. And um, this particular day we'd been at church and there'd been a lot of rain and Dad wasn't with us this time and we were driving home. And although Mum drove carefully on the road, because it was a dirt road and the, and the rain, it was very slippery. Mm. And the car slid off into the ditch. And we were bogged. We couldn't go any further. Yeah. And um, so we got out. We found grass and sticks and put it around the wheels. And Mum would say, one, two, three. And on three, then we would push. Mm. And we did that, wheel spun, it went deeper in the mud. Okay. And so then we're like, okay, well, no one's around. Mm. No one's coming along and probably won't come along today. So we did the same thing again. And then one, two, three, push. And once again, just went deeper in the mud. Things aren't getting better for you guys. They're actually getting worse with Mm. you guys being stuck in the mud there. And then mum noticed that the sun is going down towards horizon. Oh. And she said, let's give it one more go because the sun won't be long till it's down. And dad won't know where we are because we would come home a different way, thinking that would be a better way. So we put the sticks around again. We had to, you know, scavenge them and put them around the wheel. And then mum said, okay, one, two. Oh, that's right. Before we push this time, she said, let's pray. And okay. she had a prayer. So what we're going to do when we come right back after this break, we're going to hear the second part of that story because you guys are stuck in the mud now. And then you can share Mm. to us what happened subsequent to your prayer. Okay. Okay, so we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Visit 3abnaustralia.org.au to purchase this CD, Near to the Heart, which includes this song, The Old Rugged Cross, played by Henry Higgins. Welcome back to By the Word of Their Testimony. I'm Etienne McClintock, and you're listening to the testimony of Kyle and Elizabeth Sarah. Now, Elizabeth, just before the break, you were telling us about you guys taking a road home on a wet Afternoon from church And your mum had taken a different route And it was wet and slippery You guys had slipped off of the road into a ditch And then you got bogged down And you tried at least a couple of times By putting rubble and sticks And whatever you could find under the tires To get a bit of traction And every time you tried to push the car out Of course you guys got bogged down deeper And it just stuck deeper and deeper in the mud So just before the break you were telling us that So then what did you guys do? What happened? Did you get stuck there? Because I mean the sun started to go down as well Your dad doesn't know where you are Because you're on a road that you're not supposed to be on Maybe pick up the story from there if you could Okay Yes mum recognising the need for getting out of there quickly And we'd done all we could So she said let's pray Mm. So we got in the car and prayed And asked for God 
to help us to get out of our situation. Because mm. Dad would be worried and we weren't home and we were a long way from home. Right. So after she prayed um, and we had the sticks around the, the wheels again, the tyres, um, she said one, two, three. And on that third time, my brother and I pushed hard just like the previous times. And I remember pushing like this and then the car just lifted up and drove off. And I remember that experience. It really just, I was just like, wow. That car just lifted up and drove off. And mum continued driving till she could get to a spot where she could stop. Mm. And we caught up and got in and went home safely. But to me, I had no doubts. I was just like, that was supernatural. And in my mind, it was just like an angel had lifted that car. And I said to mum, it felt just like an angel had lifted the car and caused it to drive off. Wow. So how old were you when this happened? I think I must have been about seven. Okay, so this would have deeply impacted you as a seven-year-old, mm. you know, that simple faith of a child, and here God is answering another prayer mm. of yours. Yeah, so you can see from these different experiences, for me, God was very real. God was someone present, someone who cared for us, mm. someone who answered prayer. And also, he was the God that answers prayer before they prayed. Right. Yeah, beautiful. That is fantastic. And actually, as you were talking, I was just reminded of that text in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, where it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I think that, that mm. thanksgiving actually just as, as a demonstration of faith because you're thanking God that he's heard your prayer and that he will actually give you what you require at the time. And just with your experience with the car being bogged, how the car for no apparent reason lifted up after you prayed on that third attempt and you guys were able to drive mm. off, probably praising and glorifying mm. and thanking God for, yes. his, for his help. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a beautiful Bible text because it talks about not being anxious. Mm. And my mom hadn't been anxious. She was just doing what she needed to do. And I think when you have that faith in God, God can give you that calmness. Yes. And so she was like rock solid, trusting God. So she didn't need to be anxious. Mm. And so that was... Elizabeth, as I'm listening to your experience, I just love the fact that there are some people who are raised up in a a godly home Mm. with good Christian influences all their life that have their faith and that the faith of their parents demonstrated. They have a practical experience in faith, and I think we need that, especially in the times in which we live, because we know that before Jesus comes, there will be a time of trouble, and we will be able to lean on God then but when everything around us seems gloomy and dark and the impossible then our memory of the times in the past where God has answered our prayers he has delivered based on the word of God we remember that we'll have the confidence to go through these difficult times as well so praise God for that now we're going to come back to Carl he's in a very different situation in his life you know he's about what you're 16 17 somewhere around there Carl now you're uh, now learning a good work ethic you've moved up north and upstate New York you're no longer under the influences of this young uh, this young lady who's into marijuana and all kinds of stuff However, the rest of the family are still in the party scene with the music, and you're a drummer for the uh, for the family band, and you guys are making good and merry music. So 
maybe pick up the story from there and tell us, tell us what happened. Because obviously, the Carl I now see doesn't smoke marijuana. He doesn't play drums in a in a band, and he's not a party man as such. So, uh, yeah, take my it from there. my aunt was starting to have problems with her rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. She was only in her thirties, and she was getting close to needing a wheelchair. Okay, it was difficult to go up steps. Uh, which I had to do for her bedroom, hmm. getting dressed, undressed, things in the kitchen. Her mother had rheumatoid arthritis, very bad. She died with it. Um, Maya didn't want to go through the same thing that she did, but she didn't know what to do. You know, the the doctors would, would give medications to help manage pain, hmm. but the the rheumatoid arthritis was still progressing. Like it it didn't stop the progression for her mother, and it was obviously getting worse for her. Um, she she must have been speaking to a neighbor. There was a Seventh-day Adventist neighbor who told my aunt about this health center in Alabama called Uchi Pines, okay. run by Dr. Calvin and Dr. Agatha Thrash. Mm. It was a Seventh-day Adventist health center. And she, she decided to go there, um, see if it would help. And they treated her with like a total vegetarian diet, hydrotherapy treatments, getting sunshine, exercise as she was able, getting good sleep, and mm. just really a total diet and lifestyle approach. Yes. And she went there on several different occasions. Like they have little like three-week sessions you can go to. And she went there several times, but the results were amazing. Mm. Like she came back home and she didn't have any pain. It's almost like the the arthritis went into remission. That is incredible. So how old would your aunt have been around about this time? Somewhere in the mid-30s. Okay, so it's quite early onset arthritis. Yeah. Mm. Um, she'd had a few flare-ups every so often, but for the most part, she, she didn't have any pain. Mm. And then next thing you know, like she's eventually having people come into her home, and she's helping people with different... Uh, health issues. She's on the phone with Dr. Agatha Thrash getting advice and she's giving hydrotherapy treatment and massage and doing the diet and lifestyle things that she learned about. This is incredible. And she's so helping other people. She goes, she gets help and as she's getting help she's learning on you know some of these simple natural remedies that are available and then she starts applying that. What she's learned she's now sharing with other people. And her husband, my uncle, he was on high blood pressure pills. Hmm. And he decided to to support my aunt, and so did I. We're eating the same food that my aunt has learned about. Yes. And so next thing you know, my uncle doesn't need his higher blood pressure pills anymore. And well, that's just a natural consequence of eating healthier. Yeah. Eating more natural. And yeah, and then he's felt a lot more endurance because after doing building work, we would go into the woods and cut trees down and make firewood. And he just noticed a huge result for him. So, okay, so he had more energy on this natural, simple, plant-based diet. Yeah. Incredible. But then something else happened as a result of my aunt going to Uchi Pines. Hmm. My aunt eventually studied the Bible with Dr. Agatha Thrash. Wow. Uh, At first, when my aunt went to Uchi Pines, she thought the people were really weird because they're all, (laughs) like, very spiritually religious. Yes. Um, But Dr. Agatha took an interest in her, and a lot of things made sense, and she eventually decided to 
to get baptized hmm. and join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So, so your we, aunt's now, she's going through study, she's get, she got baptized. And then what happens with you and your uncle? Well, um, eventually our family band came to an end because my aunt wasn't comfortable playing the rock music and singing the lyrics anymore that ah. are in the songs. And so the band kind of stopped happening. And my aunt was sharing things that she learned with me from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, it was quite interesting because I really knew nothing of the Bible. Mm. Uh, she invited me to go to a revelation seminar that was happening. And over time, I was finding these things very interesting. Because the revelations are prophecy. You're studying prophecy at these revelation seminars. Yeah, some of the prophecies. Mm. Um, it's like, wow, I never heard of some of this stuff. And it actually makes sense. You can verify it in history. And mm. So then I, I decided to do some Bible studies with that pastor who did the revelation seminar. And uh, eventually, I was 18 years old when I decided to, to get baptized myself and mm. to join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And then... You know, I started making some changes in my life. I actually sold my drum set. I learned to play an acoustic guitar. Uh, and then I would learn how to play what they call scripture songs. It's okay. Bible passages that someone's put a tune to. Yes. So you're actually singing the Bible verses. Um, I learned how to Great play. Great way to memorize the scripture. Oh, yeah. yeah. I learned how to play some of the hymns. Uh, so then I was able to do some things in church particularly like for kids and things as well. Um, so you play the acoustic guitar? Yeah. yeah. So you've given up the trap set and uh, you're into the guitar now? Yes, I don't wow. get to much time to play it, but <laughs> okay. I still do. Wow. So then when I was about 23 years old, I decided to go down to Alabama to Uchi Pines hmm. and take a six-month course that they offered to learn some of the things that my aunt learned about that, right. that turned her life around. Mm. And that's where I met Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth, you've left the fine shores of Australia and you're in America now. Should we maybe just go back to Elizabeth? I want to know how you ended up at Uchi Pines in America, of all places. Well, I did nursing and... You're in, you're in Australia? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was... I read the book New Start by Vernon Foster. I found okay. that very interesting. Hmm. And I was interested in learning some natural remedies and that kind of thing. And also during my nursing days, I'd come across the book Ministry of Healing. And as I read that, I was just like, wow, this is an incredible book. Yes. And um, so I was interested in natural remedies and learning that kind of thing and then also with my nursing um, I've, I love the cardiology area but I felt that there could be more done mm. um, like can can people be educated so that they don't need bypass surgery angioplasties and so forth yes. can, can they and then I was seeing some medication reactions as well and I'm like well, is this really necessary can they make lifestyle changes so it doesn't? They don't need these medications, mm. and so they don't need surgery in that. And so that was what spurred me on 
to want to study natural therapies. So you were working on the cure side of things, you know, being trained as a nurse and working on that side, but you were just wondering, is there a way to prevent all this? And you wanted to go and get further education in that. Mm -hmm. So this spurred you on to go to Yuji Pines. But why Yuji Pines? Well, you know, in the back of the book, um, New Start by Vernon Foster, Mm. there's a list of health centres there in the back. Yes. And... My girlfriend, um, Petter, and I, we were like looking at it thinking, well, where do we want to go? Mm. And there was a couple of things. We wanted to learn scripture songs. Okay. That was one thing. And so in our mind, that meant East Coast, America. Mm. And then we had the choice of Wildwood and Yuchi Pines. Okay. We applied to both. And um, Wildwood required an application fee. And Yuchi didn't. And so I thought, well, why apply and then lose my application fee when I can just apply <laughs> without an application fee? Sure, so okay. UG it was. Well, that makes that makes perfect sense. So you end up there at Yuchi. Now, how long were you at Yuchi when uh, this uh, northern state New Yorkian, is that a right word? <laughs> this, this person from the northern part of the New York state uh, walked into Yuchi Pines. I was there probably, I don't know, it was like a week or so because I'd been a little early just to get over jet lag and that so I could settle in. Um, Were you doing the same course? Same course, yeah. Ah. I think I was just a few days late because I had a car problem. (laughs) Okay. So Mm. Elizabeth gets there early and Carl gets there a little bit late. I hope that still doesn't happen nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it's probably the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Right. So... uh, Let's go back to Carl now. So you go, you're uh, obviously at Car Troubles, but you're at Yuji Pines and you take the six-month course. And uh, was it the Australian accent? What what was it? that? Uh... Oh, I might have been part of it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just uh, it's interesting because it's more than just a health course. Uh, okay. They taught practical things like working different skills or in the garden or the kitchen or so you're learning now to set up a vegetable garden grow your own vegetables and all those things yeah. well that explains why you guys are so good at growing because quite often when we have lunch you bring in produce from your own garden and i've been so impressed i have to tell you i've been so inspired in the last few months that i have started i'm not a green thumb uh, the only thing i can do in the garden probably is mow a lawn and I've always loved lawns because it's just low care. I can run a lawnmower over it and then trim the edges if I have to every now and then, and that's it. But since then, and you can ask my wife, I used to be vehemently opposed to doing anything in the garden. I just saw it as a waste of time because I want to do other things with my time. I never loved it. But since I've seen what you guys have done, I've got now I've got three vegetable beds, garden beds, and we started to eat produce. I mean, you've, you've tasted yes. some of the produce that's come from our, like, yes. like the rocket, and there's yes. more coming. We've got beetroot and we've got um, uh, rhubarb and a few other bits and pieces growing, although it's a bit wintry at the moment. But, yeah, I've been inspired. So, anyway, sorry, go on. Uh, and then there's also the spiritual side of the classes too. They they did Bible topics and how to give Bible studies. Okay. Um, then the, the whole class had an opportunity to work together and actually go out to a location and present a little health weekend. And so, and I got the people there, the teachers, the staff were very godly, very mm-hmm. spiritual people. And that was a really big help, just a good example to have because I didn't have any of that growing up. Mm. And it was a really big help. You got good advice. And I guess working in the class together, you get to to know each other a little bit and 
one advice was given to me by one of the administrators there was just to observe Elizabeth. He knew there was an interest, okay. uh, but they don't like you to to have it interfere with your studies. Right. But he says, take the time to observe. Um, we're going to be going out doing these programs and just observe hers uh, in different situations because sometimes you have deadlines and it's a little stressful. Mm. You have to prepare things. So get to know them and how they react under different, different circumstances. Different basically. situations, okay. yeah. So that's probably wise counsel. Yeah. So you, you weren't rushing into anything and you were encouraged just to be patient. And uh, I guess, Elizabeth, maybe you were doing some observations yourself. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were seeing yes. him under stressful situations as well and how he responded. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I just feel the books, messages to young people and Adventist home mm. are such a treasure trove. And I'd read them and there's wonderful counsel in there in looking for a life partner. Yes. And so I'd read through those and I had a set of different criteria, a, list, a list of things. And because, you know, it's so easy to make mistakes when we go after what our heart desires. Yes. And I was like, you know what, God's given us beautiful counsel. And so I had a written list of things and some of the more obvious ones would be like, obviously, I want a Christian person, mm. a Seventh-day Adventist. And because I've been learning about health, I wanted someone interested in health, yeah. someone who was a vegetarian. I don't care for meat and I wouldn't know how to cook meat. So I thought mm. I, they need to be a vegetarian. I'm a bit of a nervous Nelly on the road. Anyone know, Everyone knows that who's, who I've traveled with. Mm. But and after so, your mum's driving experiences, I'm not surprised, <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so that was another criteria that they would need to drive in a way that I felt comfortable. Mm. And to to me also like um, being economical was very important. They need to be a good worker. And there's there's a bunch of different things. And how does that person treat their mother and other different things. And so I had a list of things. And so in my mind, whenever there was someone that came along that I thought – could this be the person? I would always look at them against the list mm. um, and see, you know, whether they were a potential. And of, and because I enjoyed music, they had to be interested in music. Otherwise, that would be other questions. So, sure. Yeah, so I had well, my list. It was a fairly comprehensive list. And I was just going to say, does that man exist? But he must because you guys ended up getting married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm grateful to God. And, you know, it's funny how God works also because, like, when I was back nursing, I would had a boyfriend. And um, anyway, things weren't working out. Yes. And so that inspired me or spurred me on to go overseas because I'm really a homing pigeon. I'm not interested in traveling for the sake of traveling. Yeah. I mean, I did have the interest in natural remedies and all that. Um, hmm. But maybe if I didn't have the other previous boyfriend, I may not have been so keen to leave. Right. And and it was funny what mum had to say when I left at the airport. My parents were there. And, um, you know, when you, there's that door that you go through and then your loved ones can't come, like when you mm, leave, yeah. mum meals out, whatever you do, don't come back with a yank. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you do? Came back, Came back with, with a yank. yank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Oh, dear, mm. yes. So uh, you're at this course, you're observing, and uh, you've taken wise counsel, so you're in the observation mode for a number of months. 
That was a six-month course, yeah. Okay, so what happens subsequent to the course? Do you guys end up going back home or to your own respective homes? Or how did you uh, stay together, I guess? How did the relationship flourish? Well, at this, after six months, we decided we were interested in, in each other. Mm. Um, but Elizabeth actually stayed on for the other course, which was another year. So I went back home and worked, save up money to come to Australia to visit the family. Oh, okay. And I visited her a couple times in that time, I think. At Yuchi Pines? Yeah. Mm. Um, her mother heard a rumor that she's getting married to a Yank, and oh. next thing you know, her mother with another one of Elizabeth's girlfriend comes for a visit, and they Good. drop in at Yuchi Pines, and so I got to meet her mother there and her other girlfriend, and yeah, then we... Come to check out this North American... And we drove up together, all together, up to New York for a little bit. And then uh, her mother ended up staying on with my aunt and uncle and myself. And my aunt was able to help her with some health issues. Wow. And then, uh, anyway, she gave me the green light to come back to Australia to meet the rest of the family. Well, that's wonderful. So your mother changed her mind about not bringing back a yank. So then it became okay because it was a good bloke. Yes. And he ticked all the boxes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Okay, so you're um, you, you come back for a for a visit, or you come back to live, or I mean, what what happens? Well, we came came back, and um, Kyle was doing some work because my parents moved, and um, Kyle was doing painting, and Dad was pretty impressed with that. He was a good worker, so that mm, so the work ethic you picked up on the farm there with your uncle and aunt, uh, obviously, uh, you know, was now being mm. demonstrated. And yeah. And, um, yeah, it was only a couple of months later that uh, Kyle expressed an interest that he'd like to spend the rest of his life with me, which was mind-blowing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So expressed an interest in matrimony. So how did you, how did you uh, breach the subject with Elizabeth? Uh, the sun or was broach setting. Broach the subject, should I say. Yeah, the sun was setting, and we're outside the front gate area, and, yeah, I don't remember exactly what I said. But, but it sounded like it was quite a romantic setting, obviously, the sun setting. And in the garden. In the yeah. garden. Okay, Elizabeth remembers a little bit more. In the garden. <laughs> Maybe you were nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we had to, then we had to ask the father for permission. Okay, so you did the traditional thing and asked her dad for permission? Yeah, so we asked him, I think. That was on Sunday. Sunday evening, and he didn't give me an answer. Oh. So I had to go to bed. And, so there was uh, a bit of a cliffhanger there. You go to sleep and you're not sure whether you're going to get his approval or not. Yeah, and then in the middle of the night we hear these steps boom, boom, boom down the hallway and then the torch goes, shines in my face in my bedroom and says, Kyle, are you awake? <laughs> <laughs> I am now. <laughs> and uh, he says, uh, if you think you can make Elizabeth happy, then move forward. If not, then delay. Good night. Boom, 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 back to his bedroom. <laughs> Really? So this has obviously been bugging him, and he decided in the middle of the night to come and tell you that he, yeah. you had his approval if you could make his daughter happy. Wow, that, that's wonderful. That's an interesting story. So uh, you guys got married? Yes, we did. And where did you get married? Out at Narromine. Okay. There's a little church out of Narromine there? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. I've never been out there, but I'd like to go and visit one day. And now if I go there, I'll go. This is where Kyle and Elizabeth got married. 
Okay, that's wonderful. So God obviously brought you together because you were using principles that you had uh, picked up from, you know, Bible and also spirit of prophecy regarding a, a life, a life mate, a companion, you know, someone, a helpmeet, as the Bible says. Yes. And you guys got married. But Carl, you, um, when did you get baptized? Uh, Eighteen. I decided to get baptized. And that was after your My your aunt, aunt had uh, been baptized already, and she was giving some Bible studies. Yeah, and then I had some Bible studies through a pastor. I did that revelation seminar. Right. Okay. And then, yeah, after that, I helped. I was part of being a help to my my dad Mm. and my mother. They both decided to get baptized. Oh, praise the Lord. My aunt was a bigger influence, but I Mm. had some as well. With your dad. So where was your dad living at the time? Eventually, he came back to live with my aunt and uncle and myself, um, which was another answer to prayer because he was alcoholic living in another state, mm. really down and out, having no money. And he just said, God, if there is a God, please help me. Wow. And then next thing you know, my uncle calls him up. Wasn't it the same day? I think the same day. And yeah. asked him if he wanted to do work with him doing mm. building. And yeah, then eventually my dad got sober. We had a little family meeting and uh, to help my dad. And then he went to a rehab place. And yeah, yeah then he... Gave his heart to the Lord, too. Oh, praise the Lord. Wow. So even your dad's life changed dramatically. Yeah, big change. Yeah, praise God for that. And Elizabeth, when did you uh, make a decision for baptism? I think I was 16, and that was before I went to boarding school. Mm. And I wanted to make that decision before I went uh, left home because uh, I wanted to remain faithful and follow God, and I wanted to make that decision before I left and faced other challenges. Mm, wonderful. So uh, you both made a decision for the Lord. If Carl, it sounds like prophecy had a lot to do with, with the influence for you to make a decision for the Lord. And Elizabeth, uh, for you, it was just that lifelong experience with God, your faith being proven through the Word of God and through prayer that you made your decision. But just before we finish up, let's just go for a quick break to share our details with our, our listener, and then we'll come right back. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, welcome back. We have been talking to Carl and Elizabeth Sarah, and they've been sharing their testimony. And now, just before the break, uh, Carl was telling us about the importance of you know Bible study. But one thing we didn't quite uh, touch on is obviously the influence of the health message on his aunt, and how that made a healthy and, of course, a healthier mind is able to be more susceptible to the influences of the Holy Spirit and the influence that had on the family. And, of course, you actually met your, your wife through uh, the, the health program of Uchi Pines. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just in closing, Carl, is there anything you can add to that in regards to the health message? Well, the health area it can have such huge results, mm. like it did with my aunt's life. And I think Jesus, he spent more time healing people than he did preaching. That's true. And that breaks down... And softens the heart. Mm. They're more receptive to being open to receiving anything about God. Yes. And we've I've seen that over the years through many people who 
really appreciative and thankful to God that these simple remedies that God has ordained in the diet that he's outlined in the Bible can help so much. Mm, and then true. they, you know, they're more open to God and thankful that they learned about these things. Yes. And then you learn, you read the Bible more, you learn more about what God is like. And so, yeah, that area of health, uh, not only does it make you feel good and, and happy, um, but it can be a way to, to touch people's hearts. Yeah, that, that's beautiful, Carl. And that reminds me of the text there in uh, Psalm 103, which says, uh, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. And for a lot of people, it's the goodness of God that leads them to repentance, as we read in Romans chapter 2, verse mm-hmm. 4. So thank you very much for that, Carl. Have you got anything else just to add to that? Uh, I like the text in Galatians 6.10. It yeah. says, Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Yes. And just want to go about doing good, be a blessing to people. Mm. Amen. Thank you for that. Elizabeth, just some closing comments from you. I would like to mention a beautiful verse in the Bible, Psalm 16, verse 11. And this is David speaking. And this has been a promise um, through much of my life, probably over half of my life. Psalm 16, verse 11. And David speaking about God. Thou, talking about God, hmm. thou, God, will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I think that's a beautiful promise, and I've, I've asked God to show me the path of life. Yes. And in his presence is fullness of joy. What more could we want? Yeah, amen. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much, both Kyle and Elizabeth, for sharing your testimony today here on By the Word of Their Testimony. We pray that God will continue to bless you in your life and also bless you as you minister for Him here at 3ABN Australia. Thank you. Thank you, dear listener, for listening today. We enjoyed your company and we look forward to catching up with you next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.